You're listening to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and I better wish you a happy Pancake Tuesday and I hope your kitchen isn't as messy as the one I've left coming into studio this evening. Banana, batter, Nutella everywhere. But anyway, it's the last day in February 2017 and I have a great lineup of West Limerick guests for you tonight, including our local operation transformation hero, Claire Scanlon, who'll join me in the studio shortly to give us an update on her journey since she appeared on the RTE series last year. I'm out in the heart of Newcastle West for my monthly visit to Rosemary Bennis in Sona's health food shop and we'll be making a call via Skype to Dubai to speak to Ian Cahill. He's a drum her native and he's currently in the Middle East exploring new strategic routes to market for a number of Irish food brands thanks to the Board B at Marketing Fellowship Programme. Before we get into all of that, you might wish to get in touch with me at the show and you can do so by dropping me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation and I would love to see your Pancake Tuesday creations so don't hesitate to get in touch. Now, our first guest on the show this evening will be well known to followers of RTE's Operation Transformation. Last year, Claire Scanlon was one of the leaders on the show and I'm delighted to welcome her to the studio this evening. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Claire, thanks a million for coming in. I have to wish you a happy Pancake Tuesday. Oh, I'm very sure good. you had lovely low-fat pancakes tonight <laughs> for your supper. Or I else will. I might, I might partake in a couple. I'll make up for it tomorrow. <laughs> Is it hard to believe that it's a year since you finished Operation Transformation yourself? It is. It is. Now, I suppose in your everyday life, um, the time has ticked on, all right, but... Um, I suppose I had been tuned into this year's uh, program and you see the contestants or whatever you want to call them going through what you went through last year. And um, it is very hard then to realise, oh my God, that was me and, you know, my four partners in crime last year. Um, the time really rolled by very, very fast in lots of ways, you know. Uh, there was probably a bit of a dip and then you go up again and... Um, I suppose you get recognised a lot, you know, during the year and that keeps you going and things like that. But um, you get stared at in the pub. You get stared at a little bit. Yeah. And often they, you know, um, we were out one night, actually, and uh, the company I was with decided to go to the chipper and hand on heart. I, I said, no, I'm not going. But I said, I'll, you know, I'll stand outside. So there was one woman there. She said, I'm going to tell Carl Henry on you. She said, <laughs> I said, I'm not having anything. I promise. But uh, but yeah, well, people, you know what? They, they mean well. People are, are very kind. But it is hard to believe it's 12 months on. But it's been a busy, busy 12 months. Have you been able to keep to the regime? Because let's face it, it is a regime whenever you're doing it. It is full on morning, noon and night. The cameras are there rolling most of the mm-hmm. time. And you have all that support from the different personalities that are on on the TV programme. So once that was all over, was the temptation there to say, Do you know what, I'm just going to take a week or two off here and then I'll get back into it? Or did you find that you were able to keep going with it? Um, <clears throat> I suppose there's two ways to look at that. Initially, uh, you're so fired up and um, very much your head is in the game, you know, and you don't want to fall back. So um, it was very easy for me to keep going afterwards. Um, it's a life, it's a life change in, in all aspects, I suppose, your what you eat and 
how you think towards food, your attitude towards um, your movement even, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big, huge cycles or a walk, but just moving more, you know, you're just more conscious of the fact that you have to eat less or eat better and move more. Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I stayed on the plan and did everything I was supposed to do. We had a great summer and we went away on holidays and I enjoyed my holidays, but I found uh, we, we were away for two weeks and, um, even though I, as I said, I enjoyed my holidays, I had little, I had, I had a treat and I had, I had a few bits, but I just watched myself that little bit more. Um, so, and then I, I suppose during the year I had been asked to maybe attend walks or openings of things and, and people recognizing you. So all that kind of kept me going. Um, then, uh, November and December hit and yeah, I hit a major wobble come November, December, just I found my it was my headspace. I knew my head was kind of getting I was getting a bit low and it's a hard time of year, I suppose, anyway. Mm. And for anybody who has lost somebody, Dara's uh, anniversary is December and his birthday is November. And I just couldn't pull myself out of it at all. So as a result of your head not being right, then the rest of you suffers, you know. But um, but you have to roll with that and it's okay to have wobbles you know i um i met up i met Aoife and eddie and here and all of them at the weekend and you know i said that i said you know i had a bit of a wobble and they said that's okay you have to be ha happy in your own skin first you know get the head right and, and everything else works and i'm here now on the you know in the middle of february and feeling much better again so i suppose I, what what i have to do now and what i have been doing the last couple of weeks is getting back to where i was I know what I have to do. I have the tools to do it and I have the knowledge that they have taught me, I suppose. So, um, and I'm, yeah, I'm able to get back on much, much easier than I did, you know, before. If this was me a couple of years ago, I'd be still on the downturn and I'd be still eating rubbish and I'd be still, you know, sitting around, not necessarily feeling sorry for yourself, maybe on a bit of a low, on a low ebb, you know. So um, it is important not to beat yourself <laughs> up over it whenever it is kind of going yeah. like have that conversation with yourself, but don't give yourself a hard time. I think so. No, you can't beat yourself up. No, you have to be stern with yourself. You know, there's no point in kind of saying, ah, you're OK. You know, you need that. You do. But every so often, I suppose you do have to check yourself, too, and say, Claire, you, you know, that's wrong, you know. But um, I will say again, you see, the public are great that way. You know, they'll give you an old g up or they'll say something or um or someone turn around and say you know what you inspired me to do this or somebody might turn around and say you know what I, I, i've had an awful week or i've had a bad day or and it's it's natural you know mm. it's very human to feel like that um but i suppose yeah as a nation maybe we do that to ourselves beat ourselves up a little bit but you know it's a wobble it's not a complete off beat the track you just are off the track you just have to get back on I think you said there about them giving you the tools mm. so we'll talk about the food and the meals and all of that are there a few different recipes and dishes there that you would cook religiously every week that are part of your your, your routine um there's loads of recipes on the OT site loads of them and I mean uh, Aoife Hearn actually and I'm not promoting it but she brought out a book last year which has lovely lovely recipes in them as well um I find I have probably three or four that I kind of go back to, which is probably bad. But um, 
uh, I suppose we do. I love this. I love the salmon with the, with just. I I like potatoes. I like spuds. Irish people like their spuds, and I kind of find if I don't have them at least once or twice a week, I really miss them. So I'd have that with my plain veg. I mean, that's just a regular dinner. It's just you don't have your butter and your spuds, or you don't have your gravy and things like that. So I do love that the the salmon. Um, probably our favorite in the house would be um, the chicken pesto. It is so simple to do it's just you know your chicken fillet you chop up a red pepper and a yellow pepper um fry off your chicken turn depending on how many how many you're cooking for so one chicken fillet is two is one one spoon of pesto one spoon of the cream cheese throw in your peppers and that's it and you have your 50 grams of brown pasta and it is so tasty it's and it's so quick you know so that's a big hit now in our house because um, it is we'll sometimes looking. it's hard to get the dishes then that are going to suit everybody in yeah. the family yeah well no I have to say the, the Lima Quiver are very good to eat right, but it is but I know Aoife has always promoted that um, she's a firm believer in one dish one family you know that's no it doesn't always work like that I know but um, in our house it's pretty much whatever's going we all try to eat it or you know, or else it, it's you could be standing there all night cooking. You know, Absolutely, so it doesn't work. Yeah. And, and I mean that the frittata is another one. Then it's just basically it's like an omelet. You know, for eggs are great. For you know, do you whip up your two eggs and like you could do? They could be spinach, or you could have just your veg or whatever, or your peppers again, or tomatoes, and just fire them into the pan with your egg, and it all you know it's and that's really quick as well. So I suppose from my point of view, it's quick stuff I want. You know. Um, and Sunday, then you could have your roast, but again, you stay away from heavy, you know, gravies and sauces and stuff like that. You said there about the woman outside the chipper. Whenever you <laughs> you were you were back on the telly yourself there, whenever last year's leaders were against this year's leaders. Oh, yeah. So when you go up to take part in something like that, are you conscious that they're giving you the giving you the once over to see how you're looking? Like you look great. We have to say that we're on the radio. You look fantastic. But do you feel, is it a bit like, you know, do you starve yourself for the two days and run up to something oh, like that? Oh, it's definitely daunting. <laughs> um, I was thinking, how do I lose weight really fast before Saturday? But, you know, look, it doesn't work like that. And the thing is, with Facebook and everything now anyway, uh, you know, they see you every week anyway. Well, you know, depending on how much you obviously want to give them an insight into your life. But, yeah, I, I'm... Prob to be fair, they probably do. We met a Siobhan McKillen. She would have taken part about, God, she came in four or five years ago. And she looks super. But Siobhan will tell you straight out that she could put up seven or eight pounds in two weeks. No bother if she didn't watch herself, you know. But she said the flip side of that is she could lose five pounds in a week if she puts her mind to it. Mm. And she runs a lot. But she said it's it's an ongoing kind of a battle. But she enjoys it and she's she's like I don't care she said like you know I'll, I'll have a bloody bar if I want it and if I do I do and you know I, I again it's about not beating yourself up about it it's really not the end of the world but yeah um going up now right I suppose I was conscious I was saying oh god I prefer to be a bit thinner but <laughs> I, I wasn't so there wasn't a lot I could do about it in three days you know OT are very smart they don't give you a lot of notice are you serious mm, you only had three yeah. days notice well no that's lies now we had it was mentioned very early on that we might get you back and sure we all put it to the back of our minds because we didn't think it would happen. And then they probably contacted us about a week and a half 
and said, could she come up? Because the challenges take place at the Sunday. Yes. So, um, but were you delighted to come back up? I was. And so were Lucy and Nolan went as well. And Mark Gibbs was there and Siobhan McKinnon, as I said, um, it was brilliant going back up. I mean, we put on the fireman's suit and we went out like not everybody gets a chance to do the things that we did, you know, because we did brilliant challenges. I absolutely loved the challenges. They were such good fun. Um, so, yeah, we were thrilled to be asked back because obviously it's 10 years, it's 10 year anniversary of Optran. And that's why we were asked back. Um, so um, as they've seen on the program now, they've done little snippets and things like that of people and. I suppose like that people want an update they want to know how people are getting on and they want it because because they've done what you're doing or they're still trying to do what you're still trying to do you know and um they relate to your story or or they maybe hone in on one aspect of what you did and and they carry that with them so yeah i i can totally get why they updated people on on you know, everyone's progress. I thought, it was, I thought it was a good idea, actually. Where you got it to lose the challenge. Was it sabotaged? There could be a bit of sabotage on now. I won't be telling any major secrets, but um, I think now, to be honest, we kind of knew going up that we weren't going to win. Okay. But um, yeah, that didn't mean I was happy about it. I don't like losing at all. But um yeah, it was great. You know what? The new leaders, they were a lovely bunch, actually. They're very nice. Uh, we we had a chat to them after and um, there was a bit of trash talking going on, you know, but we were kind of all told to be, you know, you have to, you know, talk talk bad to them now and psych them out. But um, I went out in front of Yvonne and Yvonne said, Claire, you're not supposed to be saying something bad to me. And I was like, I've got nothing to say. I just wouldn't, you know, I just said, you're looking great. <laughs> so she started laughing. But um the challenge was good fun, yeah. No, I we were kind of saying, I wonder, were they disappointed when they saw us coming out? They were probably hoping to beat the crap out of the, you know, the, of the, the four... Oh, oh yeah, the mentor type Exactly, people, yeah. yeah. So um, the four experts is what I'm trying to say, and Catherine, but um, no, it was good. It was all a good bit of banter. Like, you know, the fire officers are great. Um, you know, they come across really kind of tough and, you know, cross and almost sour, and they're not... They're really not. And now the first day we met them, I remember thinking, oh, God, this man's going to tear strips off us. But no, he's he's lovely. He actually came down last year for the walk and he's coming down again this year. So they're, they're, that's their job. They take their job very serious and it is a very serious job, you know, so. And you have to hand it to the TV producers, the editing and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, it's spot on. And I'm sure last year when you were watching <clears throat> it, you'd be saying, like, come on now, lads. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do. I remember saying something I don't I, I won't remember exactly now what I said but um oh it was one of the challenges and we had to this is on radio now of course and I'm all hand movements so it's not going to make any difference but we had to sit you basically sit back and you you flick ropes up and down now it sounds very easy but when they're fire hoses like they're really really heavy and um they said look if you're not going to do it properly <laughs> you'll be starting again and I said on my post interview, on, on the interview after, sorry, they just said to me, um, they said, and what do you think when they said about, you know, that oh, Nolan was doing it wrong and you have to start again? And I said, well, sure, I said, you know, if you don't do something right, sure, you have to start again. And that was basically, you know, I said, sure, what about it, you know? But the way it came out on TV was like, well, she was, she, she got it all wrong. <laughs> she said, start again. And I was kind of thinking, I didn't say it like that. But, you know, it's it's all a bit of crack. And pe you see, pe people buy into it. But um, to be fair, though, like, 
say what you saw with us on our day-to-day -day lives and even like the challenges and all that it was all pretty raw like you know i mean yes there the editing is done but anything you saw with us at home or during our activities or the same with with the girls and john um it was all just us really you know the day-to-day -day stuff that we were doing um and say my life at home was very much us but you mentioned there about the the Dublin Fire Brigade that he's coming down mm. now for the walk. So this is the walk on, the, on April the 29th. Yeah, it's well, it's the May Bank Holiday weekend, but the Saturday this year is actually falling on April 29th. Yeah, so um, this is the fifth year of it. Um, it's Mona Gay 2017, remembering Neve and Dara. So we had our launch last night um, and it was great and wonderful to see so many people there. Um, obviously the event is taking place on Saturday as I said the 29th of April again we have two two walking routes a 5 kilometer and a 10 kilometer or run whatever you want to do um, and then we have four cycling routes so we have the 25k the 70 and the 110 and the one then the West Limerick endurance which is the 125 which is the biggie so um, there's loads going on there's loads going on loads going on it's a busy spot it's absolutely mental from about well it's from very early in the morning it all kicks off and then it all just starts to quieten down and if you were to drive through Monaghan at six o'clock on Saturday evening you wouldn't even know what had happened because all that's there would be a skip full of rubbish <laughs> and maybe a sign and everything else is cleared up but that is really um, testament, I think, to the help we get from the locals and 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 neighbouring parishes. You know, um, we get loads of help. But um, I suppose to mention West Limerick AC, um, Tom Bruder helps us out there with the run and the walk. And Desmond Sportive CC came on board <clears throat> a couple of years ago, and uh, they do the site. They have mapped out the cycling routes for us and. To be fair to them, um, our cycle wouldn't be what it is only for them. They put in huge work and equally they would say that without our help, their event wouldn't wouldn't be as successful as well. Because obviously we have the, the kitchen help and the stewards and, you know, um, and I mean, like you've, you've all, all the stewards that go around with the cycle and then even the community centre in Tornafola gets involved. So that's another little pocket of people that help us out. They go up and they man, they, you know, they stop halfway there for their tea and, and, and keep cycling so it's it's a wonderful event I mean for all the wrong reasons I suppose you know um like I mean we've we've almost 200,000 given to cry now which is an amazing amount it's of an money. amazing amount of money you know there's a lot of gathering in 200,000 um cry stands for cardiac risk in the young which um it's a center based in the Adelaide and Mead hospital hospital in Tala um and they basically do screening um they provide counseling and i mean your screening is basically 24 hour you know you have immediate results um from the, from the, the from the testing they do there and then you have immediate results and then you you get um a 24 hour monitor that you get the results of you know who you send it back in the post so it's an absolutely fantastic um facility to have um and they rely a lot on on donations. Oh, they so rely solely, like the unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, they don't... They are attached to the hospital, even though it's basically a portico cabin. That's basically what it is. But they're attached to the hospital, so you probably would have your phone system and your your electricity, but anything else, I mean, equipment or um, certainly the doctors or whatever, like anything, like an, 
you know, all of them. I think that the nurse, you know, a lot of the, their time is voluntary, you know. So it is a huge, it's a huge undertaking for something that that um, that relies solely on charities like ourselves, you know, charity events like our like our own. Um, so yeah, they they're they're brilliant people. It was set up uh, by Michael and Mary Green after their son died, and um, they basically, I think he died, I think it was nineteen ninety six, and they basically there was no answers for them, nothing, and I think Mary. There was something in England and she kind of went that way and then something, she said she it started off with a phone in the corner of the sitting room type of thing and it just grew. And um, Dr. David Mulcahy and Dr. Deirdre War, I don't need Lucy, uh, like there's a big team up there. Okay. You know, well, when I say big, it's not a big team really, I suppose it's a small team for the amount of work they do. So yeah, they do tremendous work, absolutely brilliant work. Well, tell me then, if people want to get involved in the, the fundraiser this year, be it tech and part or be a volunteer on the sidelines, where's the best place for them to go to get the information? Well, uh, with social media now, I suppose you were on Facebook, Remembering remembering Neven Dara Facebook page, uh, Desmond Sportif, they have a Facebook page and they also have a website, so you'll find it on there. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll obviously the posters will be everywhere. Um, you can contact Desmond Sportif again, and there they one second there now. What's there? Desmond Sportif CC at gmail.com for any cycling queries. Um, no, equally with the run, there's no problem. They will answer the questions, but there's nothing major to ask there. Um, you can ring Liam Hurley or uh, or Marie Hurley or Tom and myself. You know our numbers are on on the posters, and there's absolutely no problem. Um, if you want to take part, we've actually online registration this year. This is the first year we've gone with that, so um, we're hoping that that will you know, take off and it'll allow people to plan a little bit ahead. And reduce the administration reduce the, side yeah. as well for No, yourself. well, they still, for insurance purposes, you still do have to sign on in the morning. But like, I suppose money-wise and that, it'll all be kind of going through other channels, you know. So um, that's just something new. I suppose we're trying to reach out, um, spread the branches of the trees a little bit. Um well, it is. It's a fantastic fundraiser. Fair play to you. And um, it's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming Thank in you, to me Sharon. tonight. Because you, you have been on my list for a year <laughs> by a year behind. So great to see you looking so well. Thank and you. Um, as I say, thanks a million for coming in. Yeah. And thanks everyone for all the support I got. It was absolutely unbelievable. Um, real feel good factor attached to it. So thank you. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. Just before the break, I have the company of Claire Scanlon, an Operation Transformation Leader from 2016. And if you are just tuning in and you've missed that, you can catch it on the podcast later in the week and you'll find the podcast on SharonNoonan.com or subscribe free of charge to it on iTunes and download it there. And you can also use the podcast app. And the show is now being repeated on a Wednesday morning from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. So that's another chance to tune in. 
Still to come tonight, I'll be talking to Ian Cahill from Drumcolliher. Ian is currently in Dubai on the UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School and Board BIA Marketing Fellowship Programme. And it is recruiting 20 individuals at the moment to take part when it starts again in June 2017. So stay tuned for all the details about that. In the meantime, we're heading out now to the heart of Newcastle West to have our monthly chat with Rosemary Bennis in Sonus Health Food Shop. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Good morning, Rosemary. How are you? Good morning, Sharon. Very well. We are here today because we're going to talk about women's health. And you have an array of different products here that can help various different conditions. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think I suppose where the angle I'm coming from is nourishment and good nutrition. And then there's specific things for, you know, more different ailments or conditions but it's not that there's conditions that come with being a woman but it's just in general the kind of nourishment I think is really important yeah and of course a balanced good healthy diet is very important and supplements can complement that they don't actually replace what's missing all the time yeah there's like if you get your, your your foundation right and then add in extra where you need but that's quite an individual thing so that's what we're here for in the shop floor but in general I think I suppose one of the things I would say is that a lot of women tend to be very fat phobic and have a real fear of saturated fat and that fat equals fat in your tummy and all the rest and we now know it is absolutely 100% not the case that fat makes you fat like obviously chip fat will make you fat but um or you know fried a lot, lot of fried foods but good fats um be they saturated or unsaturated, actually don't. In fact, they give you a feeling of satedness and feeling satisfied and kind of relaxed, contented feel after a meal. And that will stop us reaching for a sugar fix. So in terms of balancing sugar cravings, it's, it's a helpful way to, to go about it. And you have a couple of alternatives here for people if they are cooking, if they're frying, for example. Yeah. So tell us about these two products. Yeah, so if you're frying, I, f- I think either I would use either rapeseed oil or coconut oil. I wouldn't tend to, I would save the olive, um, extra virgin olive oil for dressing at the table or like last minute just to drizzle over your food to give it flavour but I wouldn't cook with extra virgin olive oil but regular olive oil without the extra without the virgin would be fine because it's more refined and it doesn't get damaged by the heat so much but um, rapeseed oil Irish rapeseed oil of which there's several brands or coconut oil are fantastic for cooking because they have what's called a higher smoke point so they literally they, they don't break down in the presence of heat and fats breaking down and going AWOL basically are really damaging for our health that's what they, they become like a real problem in our bodies because they're carcinogenic then is that the right word yes it's one of them and there's yeah it's one of them and that's the reason why deep fried food at high temperatures isn't the, great, the, the best for us so at home rather than be producing that every night unwittingly use a good fat like and actually just not to forget good old butter butter is equally really good um at uh, for frying and some is a, a mix of butter and olive oil that's a bit of a chef's favorite but it's great because the butter will take will allow you to take the food to a higher temperature so you do a mix of both try the rapeseed oil another option is a kind of a steam fry which is quite good use a little oil so, so things don't stick in the pan and get color and then add a dash of water and that will keep things moist in your in your in your cooking pan and you know ensure it doesn't stick Okay. Now the coconut oil, some people would be concerned that this would flavour the food and give it a coconut taste. Yeah, true. And I think I'm actually at this point immune to it because I use it for all. So I never taste it anymore. But people who come in to me would say, oh, 
here's coconut oil. So, but there is an unflavored one. So there's one where they, with a, a sort of like a water distillation, they take out the flavor. So that's actually really good. And you can use that, or you could use the rapeseed, or you could use butter. Okay. Yeah. Now you have a couple of products here, which I think are great for the larger, for, you know, a handy lunch, for example. And um, the people might be surprised. To, to hear that you stock these. Yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, so we're looking at tinned fish, a variety of tinned fish. Um, it's, I like, I guess, I suppose there would be some people who just don't like fish. And if you don't, you, you know, that that's just the way you go for something else. But if you're open to it, you'd be surprised how really tasty these things can be. They're so handy to have in the cupboard. Um, you can mix it with like leftovers from last night's dinner, mix it in with a bit of salad, have it in a sandwich instead of your usual cooked meat. And trying the way to, as well to get away from the constant reliance on chicken because I find um, customers would say a lot they really rely on chicken and that's chickens fine but in terms of female health this is where I'm coming from the quality of the chicken is really important we don't realize how denatured and altered chicken meat can be mm-hmm. and not to get the wind up anyone but it's just that I think you have to use your common sense and if a chicken breast is too cheap there's a reason for that so it's just it's very important for women not to overload on the estrogens um, and that's a subject for another day and it's much more complex but just as a general rule if you find yourself like five times a day having chicken and cheap chicken at that try and switch it up because you will get really good protein and satisfaction from your fish but also crucially you get your omega-3 essential fats and they are not in white fish they're not in Donegal catch and they're not in hake whiting or cod but they are in mackerel herring salmon to an extent tuna and um, trout as we have here and you have sardines as well and sorry sardines exactly are fabulous yeah and actually sardines what we do and we're kind of niche here um, we do sardines that are filleted and then unfilleted and the unfilleted ones are the ones I'd always recommend for people who are con- women who are concerned about bone density because the bones are um, in, the, in the canning process they're softened so they're edible so that's a bit like we've had on the programme before Kirsty O'Kelly from Silver Darling Herrings and she marinates her herrings and the bones just like kind of dissolve type thing. Like you don't know they're there and they're certainly not harmful. That's right, not at all. And actually, and there's massive nutrition in them. So they're a really good source okay. of calcium. So if you, oh, it sounds a bit gross, but you are eating bone and you can imagine that is the calcium mineral source, mm-hmm. your magnesium source. So it's, it's hugely nutritious. So any smoked fish, or tinned fish that has bone content in it. Now, smoked in this country doesn't tend to, um, but if you did smoke your own, it would. Um, they're soft, they very easily digested, and really a powerhouse of nutrition. So particularly for women on the kind of osteopenia level, where they're really concerned about it, and maybe dairy doesn't suit them, and you, you just get really good nutrition that way. Okay, mm-hmm. and the, the smoked rainbow trout, like that's a more unusual one, because tuna and salmon are very common. You, you know, most people would be familiar with those in the tin, but this is the first time I've seen the smoked rainbow trout, and it is a great Irish brand. That's right, it is, yeah, from Kilkenny and Goatsbridge trout. It's fantastic, and it's so delicious. It is just melt in the mouth, mm-hmm. and a beautiful cross between, um, somewhere between salmon and tuna. It's really, really flavoursome and, and so delicate. Actually, you could really work wonders with that if you wanted to impress someone for dinner or have it in your, your sandwich or your on your crackers or with a salad. It's beautiful. And the thing with all of those fish as well is, like, obviously, these can be gotten fresh, 
as well. But if you find that you're not able to get around to having them fresh or it doesn't work for you at home, a few of these as a store cupboard staple are great. Absolutely. But yeah. the and the oils are just like when we say essential, that's not you know um, that's not a desirable. That's an essential. So the, the the work those essential fats do for our brain, for our mood, for our heart health, our joints, our mm. skin. It's like I would sort of say it's kind of creme de la mer on the inside. <laughs> All right. So you have a few different supplements now. Tell us about these. Why have you chosen these? Why, even in Primrose now, this is something that a lot of women will be familiar with. Yeah. And I've like, we're, you know, this is a food show, but I just point out a couple of supplements as well. Even in Primrose oil is an unusual essential fat because it's there's only one there's only two sources of it and one is the evening primrose plant and the other is the borage or starflower plant. That's really pretty little blue flower. Um, it's not present in any other food stuff really so that's why we look at it as a supplement uh, very helpful for hormone balance and very helpful for any kind of pro-inflammatory particularly skin inflammation but essentially it's a sort of a building block for our hormones and that is really helpful for women going through change of life or even in your regular menstrual cycle where there's it's you know you've got symptoms that aren't normal and you want to help to balance them so for young teenage girls would you recommend it? you could do you could do but the symptoms would be where you would have like say maybe breast tenderness water retention um skin flare-ups that kind of thing okay. so you would need a, a sort of um when there's a few symptoms present it's definitely helpful yeah okay mm -hmm. and then we have the omegas here so if you are getting plenty of fish into the diet this is something that you might not need but yeah. most people aren't eating enough fish that's or, right. or foods that contain these here and this is great for the brain health yeah that's right so if you find you're not getting and like before the thinking was two or three portions a week was enough and now it's really i would say five portions for any therapeutic effect um so um if you're not yet yeah, take it in a supplement form that particular one has uh, vitamin d added as well this is a variety of them what i would say is get the right one get a good one okay so talk to yourselves um yeah exactly now tea you yes tea. i came to teas yeah just we're always banging on about teas but um teas, well, it's something very easy to get into the diet it is yeah. it is easy and like they're cheap you know, you can get, you'd be surprised how you can build a taste. I mean, I, for one, used to hate chamomile tea. I used to hate green tea, but I just persevered because I knew they were good for me. Mm. Now I love them. So it doesn't, it takes maybe a week or two. And if we cast our minds back to our first alcoholic drink, right. maybe we That's had right. to build up our, our palates to, and adjust them to that. But anyway, right. we swore we wouldn't do it again. So you, yeah. have, you have sage I, tea here. And then is this? That's this? sage in a, in a loose form as okay. well. Okay, so... Yeah, is this for tea or is this for, for tea? Yeah. No, for tea, but okay. you can also use that for cooking as well. Okay, um, it's just in a bigger, bigger leaf. And um, sage is a great one for balancing temperature. Okay, so there's nothing to do with hormones, but very helpful for regulating what I call your inner thermostat. So it, actually, this is very helpful for men as well. But if you find you're prone to heat, excessive flushing, symptoms of menopause, basically, mm -hmm. um, sage is really, really helpful. And it's, it's, it's easy to take as a tea. It can also be taken as a supplement in um, tablets or drops. And if you were in a warmer climate, Yes. Is it something that yeah, can help if absolutely. you're living somewhere that yeah. has a warm climate yeah. or if we are blessed to have a warm summer this year? Yes, indeed, we could. It's something it's, then that yeah. helps with that, is it? It does, okay. it does. If even um, people who would have excessive, excessive perspiration in their feet or just in general and it's uncomfortable and it's a bit awkward socially, sage is well worth drinking. Mint is another one as well. Okay. And what I would say with herbal teas is you can mix them. So if you have one you actually like, mix it with one you're trying to introduce. You know, you can create a little cocktail.
Good idea. <laughs> and you mentioned green tea and you have an organic green tea here because there is different variations in the quality of green tea that yeah, you can get. They do vary a lot. And I mean, look, you know, shop around and find some people get the one they like at an Asian store. We have really good quality ones here. You know, ha have a look around and see. Why I mentioned these is because I was thinking about, in terms of women's health, about nutrition and nourishment. So getting back to that is we can often have um, a really nutritious meal and then down a cup of coffee on top of it and if you're I'm getting back to someone who might be looking at osteoporosis or osteopenia which is where you're on the on the road to osteoporosis and if you're conscious of it and um, you want to maintain your minerals and your bone density which is why we were talking about getting the getting the nutrition from the bones and the fish and um, teas milder teas are a better choice with your meal than say a coffee or a strong black tea because strong tea and coffee will inhibit the absorption of your minerals Okay, so if you're low in iron, if you're low in magnesium, if you're low in calcium, they're the three main ones. Um, it makes sense when you have your nourishing meal that you've gone to effort to have, leave the coffee aside for a while, leave it alone and have it later. Have a cup of green tea or um, have a cup of herbal tea or something and just let your body take all those nutrients in because if you put something in that's going to inhibit the absorption, you sort of wasted your time and your money. Okay. Yeah. And you've one more here for us, a fluoridic, what is that, liquid iron and vitamin formula? Yeah, I put this one in because iron, like it's a lot of women, especially if their cycle, if, if their, their, their flow is heavy, they might need iron from time to time. Not always. It can be very much a constitutional thing. Some people just are, find it hard to kind of make the iron they need from their food. So fluoridic is a really nice remedy. It's an old one, but it's a good one. Um, it's, it's a liquid. It's a liquid. Now, it does come in tablets as well. It's very gentle on the tummy. That's the main thing to say because it's actually not that high in iron. It's, it's, an, it's a small dose, very well absorbed, but it sits very well. It doesn't cause any sensitivity in the tummy and it really works. It's great for teenage girls. It's great for men as well, actually. Some men need it as well, but it's mostly women. Um, but for tiredness, fatigue, that you kind of can't account for, but it's worse at certain times of the month. Floridix is well worth trying. Okay, great. So a whole range of products there and you and your team are always here in Sonus ready and willing to help anybody that comes in with questions. So thanks a million for your time today. Thank you, Sharon. Pleasure. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste with me, Sharon Noonan. So far on the show tonight, we've been talking to Claire Scanlon about Operation Transformation and the Cry fundraiser in memory of her son Dara and Neve Herlihy. That's on April the 29th. And just before the break, I was talking to Rosemary Bennis in Sona's Health Food Shop in Newcastle West. And Rosemary has a few in-store events coming up that might be of interest to you. Those are with Dolores Prandeville, who is a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine and they will be on the last Thursday of the month and you'll get all the details on the Sonus Health Foods Facebook page. Don't forget if you've missed any of the shows so far it will be up on the podcast later in the week and you'll find that on SharonNoonan.com or subscribe free of charge and download it on iTunes or use the podcast app and you'll find it there. Now the next and final interview of the show is one that I recorded last week via Skype. Ian Cahill is from Drumcolliher and he's currently in Dubai on the UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School and Board BIA Marketing Fellowship Programme. And it is currently recruiting 20 individuals for the next tranche, which starts this summer. And the closing date, I believe, is this Sunday, the March the 5th. But who better to get an insight into the programme than from a current participant? So let's have a listen to what Ian told me about it. 
Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ian, all the way from Drumcollar to Dubai, tell us what you're doing out there. Uh, hi, Sharon. Um, yeah, I'm just out here at the moment in Dubai as part of the Boer Via Fellowship Programme. Um, I'm working for a number of Irish food clients uh, in business development and uh, marketing and developing their food products here and trying to grow their sales in the region. So tell us how you ended up applying for the, the marketing fellowship where you finished college, for example. Yes. So I was uh, a couple of years out of college. Um, I actually have a degree with a background in marketing um, and I was actually working for uh, Arnua, which is was, was formerly Irish Dairy Board. Um, so they are the owners of the Kerrygold brand. Um, I was working with them in a supply chain operations role and I was looking for a, a new challenge. Um, and, and this came about uh, on my radar and I decided to go for it. And uh, luckily I got it because it's been one of the uh, greatest decisions I've made and, and it's been absolutely fantastic So for my career so far. For somebody that might be considering applying for the next round, just go through the application process. I presume it was a form to start off with. Yes, so I suppose, I suppose to start off with, I have a little bit of experience and a background in some marketing and working with an Irish uh, food company, but that's not a prerequisite for the uh, fellowship at all. So they just look for people to have a couple of years experience um, in any industry across a number of different sectors. They really look for a wide range of experience. So the application process um, starts with, as you said, a form. Um, you fill it out with just some general information, why you'd want to be part about, uh, of the program, uh, why you think it would benefit you, how you think you would fit into the program. Um, I suppose the program as a whole is really looking for um, two things. One is to develop um, business for uh, Irish food companies abroad. And the other thing is to develop, a, a, I suppose, a pipeline of talent uh, for the Irish food industry going forward. So they're really looking for ambitious individuals that um, are willing to work abroad, are willing to put in um, a lot of effort to try and grow a company and, and are passionate about working within Irish food. So. You, you make the application through your form. It's very straightforward. It's like any application form you would have for any course of this kind of, of this sort. Very simple, very straightforward. It walks you through it. Then uh, following on from that process, there's a, a section of the um, application process where they will do some testing on your um, psychometric testing to see if you'd be suitable for the, uh, for the profession. Um, they go through a, an interview stage, a presentation stage. There's a, it is a lengthy process over a couple of months but actually the process in and of itself is actually very enjoyable and uh, I, enjoyed every, I enjoyed every stage of it myself so it's uh, even even doing it itself will be beneficial to anybody and will build your confidence for uh, other roles if, if even if you're not successful for this one. You mentioned the presentation stage what did you have to do the presentation on were you given a choice or did they tell you you have to do a presentation on something specific? So the presentation was part of the interview process, so it was kind of uh, rolled into one, um, and this was a, a later stage of the application process. Um, essentially, they gave us a subject about a week out from the interview, and they said, okay, you've got 15 minutes before you do your, your formal interview, um, where you're going to do a presentation on bringing an Irish food product. It was actually a drink product, drinks product we were bringing to a certain market, tell us why you're bringing it there. Uh, how you would introduce it and uh, uh, how you would grow it in that market. Um, I suppose it's really just a test of your willingness to uh, put in a little bit of effort into um, researching how that would go about. Um, 
it's, it's really testing you to reach out to people within the industry, ask questions, um, and showing that you actually have a, a willingness to put in, I suppose, a hard graph to learn because I guess a lot of people didn't really have a background in the subject that we were talking about. They didn't have contacts, they didn't have experience, but uh, with just a little bit of effort and some research, you were able to put together a presentation. And uh, uh, I suppose it was down to you then to kind of uh, argue your points and be able to um, put forward a good set of reasons for, for bringing that um, product to the, different, to the market. So it's a 12-month programme then, and you're in Dubai at the moment, but you do come back and forth to Dublin because there's some classroom training that's part of it all. Yes, so the uh, the fellowship at the moment is 12 months, that's what I'm on, but they're, they're, may, that may be changing to an 18-month programme for next year. So that's that's being uh, confirmed in the next couple of weeks, so that'll be pushed out. Um. I do come back, you do come back a couple of times over the process of it to do classroom work, as you said. So it's broken down into its both phases. Uh, the first phase is in the classroom. You start off with about two months of uh, specific training in, in things such as sales, um, uh, marketing, food service, giving you kind of a background of skills um, and doing some um, theory phases for your, for your master's. So as part of the course, you actually get a, a fully uh, full tuition paid for a master's course from Bucky's Market Business School um, and you're doing some phases with this it's it's actually really enjoyable that first phase of the master's because we had um, had some lectures in from some really prestigious business schools around Europe and elsewhere and uh, just been in a room with those guys there's 20 of us in this person and you were able to really just feed off them and there's a really uh, enjoyable uh, really kind of confidence building uh, part of the process the next stage in was us coming to market. So you, you, you do spend the bulk of your time in market. After about six to eight weeks, we're, we're shipped off and, and we headed out to our respective markets. Um, we worked here for a couple of, uh, about four months. And then at Christmas, we're back again for three to four weeks. Um, again, to do another phase of our masters, meet with clients, give our interim report updates um, and, and those types of things. And then we're back out here in January uh, in, in the run-up to the final stages of the actual fellowship. So it's um, you are back and forth a little bit. Um, I think that makes it easier as well because, uh, you know, for somebody that maybe, like myself, is, was actually leaving the country for the first time, living abroad, it was a lot easier to do that knowing that I was coming back after a couple of months because it wasn't like I was committing to you know, two or three years uh, in a foreign country and not knowing whether I'd be able to do it. It was a couple of months and then I'd be back and over again. So... Um, it was a lot easier to kind of uh, commit to it and, and know that I'd be able to do it. Now, you, you can't say which companies you are doing the projects for because of confidentiality, but it is more than one company. So you're juggling different types of requirements for different types of companies, I believe. Yes, yeah, so I work for a range of country, uh, companies across different sectors, such as uh, meat, dairy, some finished consumer goods. Um, it, it's a... Uh, broad range of subjects that I'm working with for them. So it was from direct sales to business development, uh, some marketing and brand building to uh, just developing a pipeline of potential clients for them. Um, I suppose it's the best thing about the fellowship and one of the greatest tools it gives you is that it allows you to really build whatever career you want. Um, you know, your clients will have a, a number of different requirements and the things they want you to do, but you really do get a wide range and as you work with your clients, they're very flexible and they want to get the most out of it with you. So if you have a particular interest in a certain area, they're more than willing to work that with you and let you 
um, I suppose, scratch your own itch and kind of work on that area for them because that's where you're going to get the most benefit for you and for them. So it's uh, it's a really flexible program in that in, in that area, and it's actually really beneficial because it allows you to, to taste test maybe four or five different um, potential roles that you really wouldn't get an opportunity to do in any other type of course. You must be meeting some really major high-level decision makers. Is that something that intimidates you, or do you find situations like that inspire you and, and spur you on? Um, yeah, I suppose, of course, you know, the first time you're meeting some of these people, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you're not really sure if you were meant to be in the room. But um, I suppose the, the course itself gives you the confidence that you are supposed to be there and that uh, you you will be one of these key decision makers as you go forward. And um, I suppose the benefit of the course is that you get to be in a room with these people and you get to learn a lot from them. So just sitting in on these meetings, just being there, you're, you're picking up so much and it's not just it's not specific sector information. It's even just how they conduct themselves. How do they carry themselves in a meeting? How do they uh, get information? Uh, how do they, you know, develop their business? How do they work with people? Um, but at the same time, um, these decision makers are actually leaning on you for for your input. So you know, you'll be in these meetings and you you learn something every twenty or thirty seconds. But then at the end of the meeting or during the meeting, they'll actually turn to you for your input and to see. Uh, what you think or, or your evaluation of what's happened um, and even feedback at times on how, how they were actually conducting themselves and how things went. So uh, that that in and of itself is a massive confidence builder. And as you go along, um, you kind of grow into that, I guess. And uh, it's 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 really fantastic what you can do in a short space of time. Um, the opportunities are, are pretty endless with, with the course, really, as long as you're willing to put in the work and you have a genuine interest in it. Because yeah, 12 months isn't really that long. A year is nothing now, isn't it? Whenever you get to a certain age, at least when you get to my age, that's for sure a year isn't very long. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, I guess you're, you're back and forth as well. So it's not as if you can get in there and be, and uh, you know, you might think you're not making a massive difference. And, you know, as the course goes along, there are weeks and down weeks. There's weeks where you do enough uh, work that you didn't think you'd get done two months and there's other weeks where you're, you're kind of struggling to get in front of somebody or struggling to get somebody on the phone but um, I think the results of the course actually speak for themselves because um, I mean the course is a testament to uh, Michael Smurfer, UCD Michael Smurfer Business School and the board BIA um, and the results from it over the last number of years a recent study has shown that the each group of fellows has contributed um, sales in the region of 30 million over a three-year period following their placement in the court actually in market so um I mean, that in of itself really shows the benefit that the fellowship is bringing. And um, if you talk to people uh, that are involved in it, from Board BA to Michael Smurf to the uh, former fellows or, or ourselves or, or the companies, it's really a win-win-win. Everybody's getting some value from it. Um, everybody's benefiting from it and everybody's learning from it. So it's, uh, it's a fantastic it's a, it's a fantastic uh, course, fantastic opportunity. And I really can't, um, can't push it enough. It's been fantastic for me. What has been your personal highlight to date? Um, my personal highlight, I suppose, it really will go back to what, what you said previously with being in, in the room with key decision makers. So I guess a, a personal highlight for me would have been working with one of my clients where uh, I was in a meeting with uh, some really high-level decision makers for, for massive companies and uh, you know just picking up what I could in the meeting, um, learning from it and during the meeting, I was just, I was really leaned on from my input, um, and and afterwards, and it was it was such a massive confidence boost, and it really made me feel like 
I was adding value and made me feel like I was worthwhile and, and that's um that's uh, you know I, I, I was meant to be there and that's it, it was a benefit to everybody so I think that really is the highlight of it um you know it's it really is a confidence builder it really does make you feel like uh, you're, you're adding value and I think especially nowadays everybody really wants to feel like they're valued and feel like they're uh, adding value to a company and they're not just you know um pushing the wheel or, or anything like that and this course really allows you to do that and, and, and that's something i can't stress enough whenever you get to the end of it what are you hoping for i, I presume a, a job a full-time permanent position would be the ideal outcome um yeah so that's that's exactly it i suppose as you're in the course a, a massive part of the actual program itself is developing your career so as we go along some of our assignment work is about is about developing a career because at the end of the day um, you're doing the course to build a career so that's what your focus is on uh, during it um, for myself i'm hoping to develop into a senior uh, management position in an irish food company um, and that's my my long-term goal so my next goal is to get into a position that allows me to uh, gain relevant experience that i can actually grow into my uh, career aspirations on, a, on the personal side of things then, how have you adjusted to life in Dubai? Because I'm sure it's quite different to West Limerick. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit different, all right. Uh, the buildings are slightly bigger, um, for sure. The weather yeah, must be a bit different as well. <laughs> yeah, the weather's, the weather's definitely different. Um, right now, it's, it's, it's actually quite mild, relatively mild here. It's 20, 25, 26 degrees. It's beautiful uh, at the moment. You can't complain. Uh, when I first arrived at uh, the end of July, it was in the mid-40s, so that was a, uh, an adjustment. I uh, stepped off the plane and I uh, wondered if I was after stepping into an oven, so that took a little bit of an adjustment period for sure. Um, as for actually the, the cultural differences, it's actually very eye-opening and uh, that again helps you grow because you're, you're dealing with people in a multicultural society, uh, particularly in the UAE and in Dubai, it's people from a broad range of um, sectors in different areas and, and different countries and um, it really opens up your eyes to, to what's out there um, and uh, it's been it's been very enjoyable um, it's, it's you know West Limerick has, has a lot of its charms also but um, uh, I'm enjoying my time out here so is there a large community of Irish people out in your neck of the woods now yeah so there's actually a very big Irish community out here um, and a very tight-knit community so there's a lot of GA, there's a couple of GA teams here in Dubai and across the UAE. Um, there's a couple of uh, different other sports teams that are, are, are run by Irish um, uh, guys as well. There was actually a, an Irish football tournament in Dubai in September that had about a thousand Irish people actually participating on different GA teams across uh, Camogie, hurling um, and football. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite a lively community out here. Um, and uh, so it's very supportive and it does make the adjustment period a lot easier you can actually spend time and, uh, with a lot of Irish people. Well, congratulations on your success so far. It's been great to talk to you and to find out about it. And you must come into us in the studio whenever you're next home just to give us a further update. Thanks very much, Sharon. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schlante. 
thanks again to Ian for providing an insider's perspective into the Board B Marketing Fellowship Programme. And if you're interested in applying or you might know somebody who it would be very suitable for, all the details are on the website smurfitschool.ie forward slash Board Successful applicants have their tuition fees fully paid and they also receive a bursary towards living expenses. So best of luck if you're going forward for that. And that brings us to the end of tonight's programme. Thanks again to all of this evening's guests, Claire Scanlon, Rosemary Bennis and Ian Cahill. Until next week when we'll be talking to Georgina Campbell. I think I've been promising Georgina Campbell for the past few weeks. So apologies, but a technical hitch prevented us from speaking to her tonight. And that was on our side. So we have Georgina to look forward to next week. And we'll also be finding out about what culinary delights Philadelphia has to offer. So until then... Bon Appetit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon Appetit.